grace to our Lord Jesus Christ. Nope, I'm at the wrong part of the sermon. (laughs) Sometimes my brain goes on autopilot. Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm not promising I'm not going to get my notes out of my pocket today because there's actually a lot I want to tell you about. When I started reading the scripture reading, um, we're in the fourth of five weeks of Jesus talking about being the bread of life. I was like, oh, what am I going to say? I'm running out of stuff. It's been weeks. But when I read the scripture reading and I thought about my own life of faith, I realized there is still so much more. When I was young, about James's age actually, I had a an interesting view of communion and belief about communion. Um, I thought I thought I was supposed to be really sad every time I came up to the altar to receive communion. I thought I was supposed to feel sad and guilty because Jesus died because of me. Y'all might not be surprised to find out I was a pretty serious child. <laughs> I took rules really seriously and, and, and cared about those things and I cared about my faith and I'd learned the story of Jesus dying on the cross and I'd been told that Jesus cared about me personally when he died on the cross and that was pretty cool but it also made me a little sad to think that it was my fault to think that Jesus was in all of this pain just because of me I maybe misunderstood my Sunday school teachers a little bit. But I would, I would picture that and I would come up to the altar and be grieving and be sad. And let me tell you, on Good Friday, that was my day for church when I was a little kid. I'd wear all black because it was a funeral for Jesus, basically, every year. Then I grew a little bit, and eventually I went off to college. And I, in college, I attended an Episcopal church, um, just because it was the best fit for me. The priest there was a wonderful woman who, who was a guide for me. And I noticed that they always call communion Eucharist. You've probably heard that term, the Eucharist, before. Uh, it's Greek. And I learned from my priest, from Mother Mary, that Eucharist means thanksgiving. That's, that's what the Greek word means. It means thanksgiving. And she would call the, the opportunity to bless communion, she would call it celebrating communion. That's, that's the terminology she used most often. And I was taught that I don't have to just be sad and mournful at the altar rail. I could also be thankful and celebratory because this communion meal meant something good. It was more than just a reminder that I sinned and so Jesus had to die. Then I went off to seminary and oh my gosh, we talk about communion a lot, which is good. It's good to know that your pastors are learning and listening and thinking about this and listening for God. And here in our gospel reading today, we find Jesus's probably most frank talk about the meal that we call communion. He says to those who are gathered, to those who have just seen the miraculous feeding of 5,000 from just a few loaves of bread and a few fish, this abundance of good food. And then Jesus tells them, you must 
eat my flesh and drink my blood. It's not really that surprising that the people who were gathered were like, wait a minute, Jesus. We aren't cannibals. That doesn't sound right to us. That's not something we do. You see, the thing is, they hadn't yet seen the end of the story, the part that we know, Jesus' Last Supper, his death, and his resurrection. So they heard this, eat my flesh, drink my blood, because I am bread. And they were a little lost. I think I identify with these followers of Christ because I, too, have been a little lost when it comes to why we take communion. From my childhood feelings of sadness and grief and anxiety over what this meal represented to other simple understandings to just some weeks, it just maybe seems like bread and wine instead of something more. Because we all have up and down days in our lives of faith. So I think it's good to sit with these disciples of Jesus who hear Jesus say that he has bread and wine, flesh and blood that we are to eat, and think about what does it mean that we come to this table every single week. Other denominations don't do this every single week, and that's fine too, but it's important enough to us to have it regularly, often. And the thing is, we as a church believe three things about communion, about this meal. We believe that communion nourishes our faith. We believe that communion forgives us of our sins. And we believe that communion is God's calling us out into the world to live our lives of faith. When we gather here at the table, some days we may be struggling in our faith. Some days we may be filled with awe and wonder at God who is present in our lives every day. But I have good news you don't come to this table alone. We gather together every Sunday. We share in this meal every Sunday. And even when we take this meal out to those who are housebound, who can't join us, we remember and are connected to those we gather together with. Just a couple weeks ago, I was visiting, visiting our member Betty Moriak, bringing her the same meal that we had all shared the Sunday previously. And the reason that's good news is because those days when our faith is struggling, when we're not sure if God's actually with us, we're not sure maybe even why we've come, we are surrounded by the faith of one another. Faith that lifts us up and holds us fast. The faith of children and the faith of our nearly 102-year-old member that holds us fast every day. And when we gather at the table, 
we are also reminded of exactly who God is and what God has done for us. We are reminded of Jesus' death. As I thought about it when I was a little child, we were reminded that God chose to walk through the hardest and darkest days any person could walk through, through pain and torture and even the unknown of death. Because God loves us and wants us to grow close to him. And we are also reminded of what happened three days after Christ died. We are reminded that even in the darkest of times, there is the hope of the resurrection. That God will make all things new. Even us. In the midst of this season, that's a very long season of wearing masks and being uncertain and being careful so that we don't get too sick, so that we don't hurt others with this disease that is so new, those days when we feel lowest, God is with us in this communion meal, in this love, and there is hope. Hope that this will end. Hope that sickness will end all of it. Hope that God will raise us up and make us all new. So in this communion meal, our faith is nourished, both individually and as a community. And in this meal, we find our sins are forgiven. Martin Luther had two really strong opinions about communion. First, Jesus said, this is my body and this is my blood, so we don't have to know how it works, but it is Jesus' body and blood. Not everybody during the Reformation agreed with him about that, but he felt it was important. And because this meal is different, this meal is Jesus' body and blood, that means that when we hear the words, the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you, we should take those words to heart. This is the meal that is for you, for your sins, for your place in the world, for your comfort. It is for you. We know that sin is so much larger than any one of our actions and also is present within us even when we don't want it. Sins of a world that cares more for the wealthy and leaves the poor to fend for themselves with too little. Sins of the, wars that of the world that cause wars and heartache and pain and loss. Those sins are here and present but when we gather at the table, when we receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ for us, we are forgiven again and again and again. We are made new in Christ again and again and again. And in the taking of communion, we remember that God chose this. God chose a human form. 
God chose to be in relationship with us closely, personally, because God chooses forgiveness over wrath or anger or neglect. Every single week, every single time we come to this table, God's body and blood is given for you. That's pretty good news. And finally, this meal that we gather here for, we all come into this space, we all share in this hour of worship. This meal is the meal that calls us out into the world. When we come to the table, when we see God in the least of these, when we see God in hunger and thirst, something changes in us. We are called to see the world the way God does. We are called to hope and strive for God's justice, wrapped in forgiveness and mercy and not anger and wrath. We are called to try to bring even a little bit of this meal, of this faith and strength, out into the world with us. Coming and eating at this table week after week, it changes us. It calls us. Communion is not just a thing we do on Sundays and then we'll spend the rest of the week acting as if it doesn't exist. This communion meal makes us God's people in the world, in our careers, in our communities. We are called to act on God's love. And this communion meal reminds us how much God loves us, how God loves us in physical acts, how God loves us enough to become human, to live and to die so that God might rise again. And that love, that love is what sustains us. That love is what makes it possible for us to love others who are different from us, who annoy us, those who we think are causing more harm than good. We can love them and call them to be better. This is just the tip of the iceberg of communion. My simple ideas that I had as a child were just that, simple understandings. Not inherently wrong, but not the whole picture. And I can tell you that here at 30, I'm sure I don't have the whole picture. And even as faithful as Moselle is and has been for her 102 years on this earth, she probably doesn't have quite the full picture yet either. This meal is strengthening and nourishing and calling and forgiving, and it changes who we are every time we take it. So when Jesus said to the disciples, you must eat my body and drink my blood, he didn't mean cannibalism. He didn't mean some specific act to make everything okay. But God called us into this meal, at, to this table, again and again and again, 
so our faith might be strengthened and nourished, so our sins would be forgiven over and over again, and so that we would be strengthened by God's love, filled with God's love, and called out into the world to share it through every aspect of our life. This is communion. This is the Eucharist, the Thanksgiving, God's Supper. This is why we gather. So that we will be strengthened, nourished, loved, and forgiven. And so that we may go and do likewise to our neighbor. Amen. <laughs>